regarding the four steps, each one has the four. So it's 16 steps. Yeah. Like uh, breathing, the book, some say the long and the short is like uh, inhale from outside longer the air, mm. and but the other book say long is means like you have deeper breathing. Mm -hmm. So wh which one do you think is uh, more close to the content? I think that what's really meant here is you breathe completely naturally. Only watch the breath, and sometimes it's long, and sometimes it's short. And when you begin, it tends to be longer, but it's still sometimes longer and sometimes shorter. Okay. And then as you sit and your mind becomes quiet, then the breath tends to become shorter too. But I think what it really means is you're just watching as the body breathe completely naturally, and you just watch. So. The third one? regarding the training itself, the entire body. Mm -hmm. A book say you have inhale, exhale, there is beginning, middle, and purse. Mm -hmm. And some book I read it, I say like, uh, it's uh, here, here, and here. But is that okay too? Well, you see, when you begin, you know, if you focus on when you begin, your mind moves all over everywhere, right? Your attention, and so you're learning, first of all, to make your attention still. And so to make your attention still, you pick one thing to pay attention to. And what happens as your mind begins to be trained, and so it stays still. So, you know, this is your breath, it's your nose, and you, you focus on that, and your mind stays there. So when your mind starts to become still, you're still aware of other things, right? So naturally, you're watching the breath, now you start to become aware of more and more of the whole body. And so, uh, as, your, as your awareness expands, you can train yourself to have better, clearer, stronger awareness mm -hmm. by allowing yourself to be aware of the breath in the whole body, you're aware of the whole body mm -hmm. as you breathe in and breathe out. And I think that's what that refers to. If you do this on purpose, two things happen. One is to be aware of the whole body rather than just one small area. Your mind must become much sharper and clearer and stronger. So that's one thing is you, you make you, the power of your mindful awareness increases. You can do this. The second thing that happens is your mind becomes fully occupied with because there's all these different sensations in the body. The mind is fully occupied, so now there's very, very little opportunity for thoughts or being aware of stray sounds or things like that. So it makes your focus much more stable and stronger. So when, it, when you practice meditation, at some point you naturally come to the place where you sense that your awareness is expanding beyond just here. Or just here. When that happens, then you deliberately ex let that happen to increase the power of mindful awareness and the uh, to decrease the amount of distractions that are entering into your. Before that, we needed to pay attention to the beginning, a middle, and the. Yes, yes. Before, before that. that. Okay. Before that, because if you're not paying attention to the beginning and the middle and the end yeah. and the pause yeah. and the beginning and the. Right. 
then you're not going to know if it's long or short. <laughs> so the whole body means include the beginning, middle, and end, the plus, and the, and the, the whole, whole body. body. Okay. Yeah. The first of all, regarding the body, the, the first one, like I will breathe out, calming the bodily fabrication. Because yes. if you want to calm, you need to say, I'm going to calm it. Well. Or naturally. It, it, yes. It happens it does, it happens naturally. Because as your mind becomes calm, then that's going to really affect the body. But mm -hmm. if you're sitting, the body's already not moving. By now, by the time you've been meditating long enough to come to this fourth one, when you sit, your body is already not moving. But you still have a lot of feeling in your body. You feel, oh, you know, my hips or my knee back, like that, you know. So the body is not completely calm and settled. And so you let the calmness that you've developed in your mind pervade the body. And when that happens, you know that you are succeeding when you sit there and you start to feel the stillness in the body. The body's very comfortable. The feeling like, oh, I need to move my leg, and oh, I need to do this, you know. That goes away because your body feels very, very still and comfortable and calm. And when that happens, then you know, huh, this is what calming the bodily fabrication is. Now my body is, you know, I can sit here and sit here for two hours. I move, I don't want to move. There's no, you know, no restlessness in the body. So this one here is only express the your situation. Doesn't mean you need to do something, right? Well, Except that what you need to do, you know, you train yourself to do this, which means that you have to, while you're still feeling the restlessness in the body, you have to bring the calmness of the mind to it. And so when somebody's meditating and they're saying, well, when I sit after a little bit, my legs always start to bother me, and I feel like I need to move my leg. Okay. Okay. And so as a meditation teacher, you say, okay. Don't be in such a hurry to move your legs. Instead, when your legs start to feel that way, put your attention in and just observe it. And let that same calm mind uh, just observe it. If you reach a point where you have to move, then move, but move very slowly with mindfulness. And maybe next time you won't have to move. And if you practice in that way, after a while, the body becomes very calm. So. So you do have to do something. Yeah. Sometimes she feels so itching, cannot bear the itching. So still needed to bear it or cannot move it or you can move it? Ah, okay. First of all, I mean, you can see that itching, that means bodily formations are not calm yet. So what you do is, uh, is to, first of all, put your attention on the itching and just just watch it. Just let meditate on the itching rather than moving right away. Move right away, it's it'll just keep on happening. It won't ever change. But if you meditate on it, sometimes what happens is it will go away and then you can go back to your breath. Sometimes it won't go away but it'll just you know, it won't bother you anymore. And so then you could can go back to the breath. So Sometimes it won't go away, but you watch it as long as you can, and if it comes to a point that you know that, okay, I, I know I'm going to move, it's it will be impossible for me to just watch it any longer. When you come to that point, 
then you can say, okay, I'm moved, but I'm going to move with complete and total awareness. And that also helps to calm the body, because the body doesn't just old as itch and then you move. Or you know, sometimes what happens you're sitting and in in the back, you know, and so you say, oh. you know. And if you keep doing that, it will never. But if you just okay, I feel that, and just wait, wait as long as you can, it will often go away. If it doesn't go away, then instead of going like this, you just go, okay, very, now straighten back up, say, okay. <laughs> and, and practice Qigong, you inhale to the belly, stomach, and then hold it, and exhale. That's, yeah. a, that's a good thing to do, but yeah. at a different time. You see in the meditation. No, not, not your body is naturally restless, naturally mm. wants to move. If you keep letting it move, even taking deep breaths and things like that, if you keep letting it move, it'll never calm down. <laughs> Thank you. The other thing, like a second group, the regarding the feelings, mm -hmm. the feeling, the, the perception, you have a joy, your mm -hmm. happiness, yeah. and these steps enter to the first jhana. The joy and the, and the happiness comes before, but they're jhana factors. And so when they come, if you if you want to practice jhana, you, you develop the, the joy and the happiness. But it does, when the joy and happiness comes, it doesn't mean that you're... You already... So, so means everybody, even beginner, this part is naturally come out, or you need to practice, like train yourself to be joy. Well, it's it's both. The the joy comes naturally. Then, as you quiet your mind and mm -hmm. learn to be focused, the joy naturally come up. But you can also cultivate that joy, uh, you know, and it's very helpful. If, if when a beginner is meditating, if they don't have joy, it's very hard to meditate. That's true. You know, mm -hmm. they feel like, oh, this is hard work. Oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, I'm not any good at this. Instead, if they're joyful and relaxed, they say, oh, okay, this is a very nice thing to do. So, so right from the very beginning, beginning, you deliberately try to, you know, when you're sitting there and you say, oh, this feels really nice, then that's good. Thought and let that joy be there. But as you go along and the mind becomes more unified, the joy starts to come much, much stronger by itself. First, she told me, say, one thought come out from her mind and she feel very joyful. Yeah. I asked her, what thought? And then you feel so joyful. She said, when she went to the restroom and then she sit there and she feel Frida is so kind and do a lot of things yeah. and she feel joyful. Well, that's very good. <laughs> I rejoice. I delighted for doing that. No, for Dharma teaching. I think that's kind of a happiness. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. But, you know what's really, it's just, I will, he trains himself to be sensitive, to be sensitive, to be sensitive to pleasure. And what this is reminding us, and, and what, what the meditation teaches us, is that joy and happiness, the inside, not from outside. Oh, I need this, or I'm, uh, I have joy because of that. Become sensitive to joy. We discover that 
the joy comes from inside and, and there's joy no matter what is happening. Yeah. Can be. Naturally, you want to share it. Yeah. She said that joy seems like the energy comes through the whole body and very fast penetrate the whole body and it's gone. She told me the energy like a vibration, whole yeah. body is very strong. But yesterday uh, she felt that it's like particle mm -hmm. energy. Ah, let's see when, when they, when this word here that we said, we said joy and here it says rapture, it's a, a word in Pali, piti, and it includes not just the joy, uh, you know, but it includes that energy, that energy is part of it. And so earlier on here, you know, it says he, he trains himself sensitive to the entire body. When you're doing that part of the meditation, you begin to feel the breath in the entire body, even your feet, your hands, everywhere. You just, you just feel the breath. And as you continue on, that feeling of the breath, it becomes energy, like a vibration, and you can feel it moving. And that is that, is that same rapture. What happens with a lot of people, it becomes, uh, the vibration becomes very strong, very pleasant. And it just rises right up to the head, and and the, and it just all of the rapture and the happiness comes just right out of that energy. It comes from the concentration. As your mind becomes still, and as you see, your mind has all these different parts, and they don't agree with each other. The one part of my, your mind wants to do this, and some other part of your mind wants to do that. One part of your mind says, "Oh, good, we're going to sit here and learn to be good meditators." Another part of your mind said, no, let's go watch TV or work in the garden or something, right? When all of your mind comes together and starts to work in harmony, that's when this energy comes up, and that's when the joy and the happiness come, and that's what makes your mind really still and focused, too. Mm -hmm. She said, sometimes it's not during the meditation, mm -hmm. sitting here in the daily activity, she have that kind yeah. of joy, yeah. Oh. yeah. And, uh, and that's wonderful when that happens. And that's why when you meditate very well and then you can bring this, this uh, situation, this feeling to the daily life. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you just get out of bed and you're filled with joy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you become like Frida, she smiles all the time. <laughs> you are breathing every day. I think it's breathing in breath I'm so happy. Yes, right. You can breathe. Then the whole life is yours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you can breathe, and then everything else is extra. Right. <laughs> the other thing is uh, regarding the the mind. The tenth. The one is satisfy the mind. The one, the other one is uh, steady the mind. Satisfied and steady is almost uh, close. It's uh, if you go up to that field, that state. Yeah. Then it's automatically come out. Or some it's you can go to that state, and or you can train yourself to that state. Yes. You yeah. Can. Just like uh, the feeling that this one is is mental, and that is feeling. Yeah. It's they separate. Is everybody needed to practice every steps or only one group? It's okay. Like a <laughs> body uh, feeling and, uh, and a mind. And uh, somebody so, so sensitive to the feeling, and or somebody so I'm sensitive to the mind, and then I just want to practice this part. I think that is re related. Yes. Well, they are 
related, but <clears throat> this is describing a whole process, right? And uh, each part of the process you can do at different levels, but they're all interconnected. Yeah. So if, if we just, is it okay we go back a little bit to number seven and number eight, okay? Okay, so we talked about number five and number six, a joy and the, uh, and the pleasure. And then says number seven, sensitive to mental fabric. But you see, if you become sensitive to joy and happiness, and if you realize that the joy and happiness comes from the mind and not from things outside, then you come to understand that joy and happiness and pleasure, these are mental fabrication. So when you have that understanding that, ah, these, are, these come from the mind, they're mental fabrications, and then you become sensitive to all mental fabrications and you say, okay, sometimes I'm sitting and there's a joy. Other times I'm sitting and there's restlessness, you know. Uh, sometimes I'm sitting and there's, there's, there's pleasure. And other times I'm sitting and there's different mental fabrications. So you become sensitive to all of the different kinds of mental fabrications. And that allows you to do number eight, to calm the mental fabrication. Okay, so all these different kinds of mental fabrications, some are good, some are pleasant, some are, are unpleasant, and, and they interfere with the practice, but you see, Ah, they're all mental fabric. Say that, and then I'll talk about them. So, we train ourselves to sensitive to the the mind. Mental, that's right. Yeah. And when you see that all of these things are coming from the mind, the joy, the happiness, the restlessness, discomfort, that everything comes from the mind. Then you become sensitive to the mind. So you turn your direct your attention, not focusing so much on on joyness yeah, yes. or unhappiness or things yes. like that, but the mind did all this, uh -huh. and now you're sensitive to the mind, you know, and so now you want to, okay, let's make this mind contented, satisfied, fulfilled, so it's mm -hmm. not always trying to make mm -hmm. different uh, mm -hmm. fabrication, okay? Thank so. you. She say, right now I know why I, I didn't develop myself so quickly, because I, I'm not mindfulness, I'm not aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's wonderful when you have that mindfulness and you, you start yeah. to see what's happening. So that's why we like, go to the next step is mental, sensitive to the mind and uh, sensitive to the mind. We let them calm down, they, uh, train himself, uh, satisfy the mind and uh, steady the mind. Mm -hmm. So we train themselves right. to that part. And in this one here on number 11, the word that's steadying there, that is the same word from, from samadhi. Oh, samadhi. Samadhi. Uh -huh. So it also means much more powerful concentration mm -hmm. of them. But this one doesn't talk about the jhana. Well, now that's what I wanted to, I yeah. wanted to tell you about. I said all of these things can happen at different levels. When you have, when your concentration is good, you might decide that you want to practice jhanas. And then, when you practice jhanas, you become very absorbed into your meditation object because you have very powerful... And the rapture that comes up is extremely strong. And it's accompanied by happiness and pleasure in the body. When you practice the jhanas, when you go into the jhanas, you have the rapture and the happiness together. And then, as you go through the jhanas, you separate these. You see, oh, the joy is a different thing from the pleasure. And so you let go of the joy, and you focus on the pleasure. 
And then once you get used to that and you can see it very clearly, you say, well, this pleasure is a different thing than the mind. So now you move into another jhana, you say, okay, I'll just let go of the pleasure, leave pleasure and pain behind, leave joy and grief behind, and I'll just become aware of the mind that these fabrications come from. And then you're going into a deep jhana. So, so this is also describing what happens when you do jhana practice. So you can keep going through these same things at different levels. So that's why the jhana have the, you need entering and then a substand and then uh, emerge from that. So that's different because they needed to know each part, each uh, investigation applied or sustained and then joy and uh, happiness and uh, single pointed. Yeah. You need to know very clearly, and sometimes we emerge from that, and some entering every step. You need to clearly understand. That's right. So that is different from before the assessing concentration, right? That's right. After stating the relation of my things like equanimous. That's right. Equanimity, the, yeah. The, the tranquility, tranquility and equanimity. Equanimity, both. That's okay, right. yeah. yeah. Only the equanimity, but that is not the full the first genre. No, it's different. This one is you can be that. If, yeah, if you if you go back and do jhanas, you do these same stages same. in the jhanas. Mm-hmm. Then it's the equanimity of fourth jhana. I think it's not easy. Hmm? I think it's not easy to do that. Well, for me, <laughs> but. You know, it, it's not easy to jump ahead too much. Mm-hmm. But if you go just one step at a time, it is easy, you know. And uh, I think very often the mistake that people make is they begin to meditate mm-hmm. and they want to jump ahead and they want to go too quickly, mm-hmm. you know. So the fourth group... First group regarding this one is more vipassana yes, part, right? This is the vipassana part. For, for instance, like uh, inconstancy, I will breathe in, focusing on dissipation, but somebody says it's fade away. Like dissipation have uh, two kind of meaning. One yes. is like uh, positive, one is more negative. Right. So dissipation more fade away. Uh, it's uh, your greedy, your desire, like you disgusted it. It's a much stronger kind of equanimity. And that when you have, we have, before this, we have yes. the equanimity that comes from from samatha, concentration. And now when we get into the vipassana, we have a much stronger equanimity so that, you know, something that is pleasant or beautiful, we don't want to grasp at it. Or something that's unpleasant or painful, we don't want to push it away. We just, you know, we have equanimity. It's dispassion. Yeah, that's what it means. No passion to grab, passion to put away. Okay. A equanimity. very powerful equanimity. Can I explain something? Yes. But these first three groups are about concentration, concentration. samatha, and then we change to vipassana. So when you come to number 12, uh, if you've done jhanas, then you have the equanimity of fourth jhana uh, and even if you haven't done jhana you have at this point whether you do jhanas or not you have five of the seven factors of enlightenment so what I mean by that is if you look in here and in these first ones 
you have mindful awareness, sensitive to the body you've been, sensitive to the feeling, sensitive to the mind. Mindful awareness, one enlightenment factor is very strong. Of course, you have concentration, samadhi, second enlightenment factor, very strong. You have, uh, you have joy, third enlightenment factors. You have, uh, by the time you get to the last ones here, you have tranquility, equanimity. Five out of seven enlightenment factors are present to number 12. So when you go to number 13, you now you take the five factors you have and you begin to investigate enthusiasm and diligence, and other two enlightenment. So now we move into vipassana by adding two more enlightenment factors to what we have. So cessation... Cause of suffering. Go yeah. back and explain. You know, with all seven factors of enlightenment, you're now invested, and you focus on impermanence. Everything is changing. As a matter of fact, that's all there is is change, right? <laughs> Nothing but change. Now, before this, we already had equanimity of samatha, but now when you see everything is changing, is only changing, everything is, is, is empty, then you have the equanimity of insight. Insight gives you a new equanimity, which leads to the dispassion. Why should I grasp after what is always changing? And why should I be a, have aversion for what is always changing? When the insight into the impermanence mm-hmm. leads to the equanimity mm-hmm. um, that allows the dispassion, right? Okay. So now you feel like, it, you, I, I don't care about any of this anymore. I'm not going to keep struggling with any of this. comes the desire to be liberated. I want to be free from all of it, to be awakened. I want to be liberated. And so that's where we get to in, when we get to uh, number... Fifteen. I will breathe in, focusing on cessation, end of all this suffering and mm-hmm. clinging and mm-hmm. desire and aversion. Thank you. Next will be relinquishment. Yeah. So here, you see what's, what's happened is, this is also the, uh, the four noble truths. You, we see, we discover through insight that everything is unsatisfactory, yeah. everything is dukkha. And we discover that this dukkha is caused by our craving, our desire and aversion. And the Buddha told us, let go of those and you'll see that the suffering goes away. And you'll, you'll believe that this is true. And that's what he said about the second noble truth. Understand this mm-hmm. and then learn to let go of the craving. Mm-hmm. And you'll discover that this is true. And so once you've done that, once you have that understanding that comes from doing of the mm-hmm. second noble truth mm-hmm. then you desire cessation you say I can see whenever I let go of craving the suffering goes away if I could make the craving stop entirely completely mm-hmm. then I would be liberated mm-hmm. that's the third truth to mm-hmm. realize that complete cessation of craving leads to complete freedom from suffering and so this is where we have got to right oh, no. now okay then <coughs> Now we're ready to to achieve this cessation. You know, we breathe in, breathe out, focusing on cessation. Uh-huh. I want this complete relief. Uh-huh. But the other thing that the Buddha made us aware of is that craving, desire, and aversion is always accompanied by ignorance or delusion. Yeah. Uh, and what is that delusion? We believe that these things are real rather than projections of our mind. Mm-hmm. And we believe you know, that the self is real. And so the way 
to the sense wherever there is this delusion, there will always be craving. In order to achieve this perfect cessation, mm -hmm. we must we must eliminate the delusion, mm -hmm. and then we can eliminate the craving. So, what this last one is talking about? What are you, what is relinquishing? Is what are we relinquishing? We're relinquishing the attachment to the belief in our mind's projection mm -hmm. and the attachment to our belief in the self mm -hmm. and the attachment to the belief that having these things that we think are real will make the self we think are real mm -hmm. happy. This is the same thing as in uh, dependent origination. From craving comes grasping, grasping comes the common. Yeah. So relinquishment is the opposite of this Craving mm -hmm. comes to grasping, and grasping comes to becoming. Now we're going to relinquish that, and that's, and then we become. Well, Thank you. Say, so, um, everybody here today. Uh, some people maybe it's already entered to the jhana, and somebody maybe the momentary uh, concentration they. they didn't know. He said, um, uh, William uh, told him regarding the momentary concentration and assessing con assess concentration and the jhana. And he wanted to know, he possible like must talk about a little bit about the momentary and assessing and the jhana. <laughs> so what's different of that? And the other, the second part is uh, he said, uh, he told him say regarding the uh, first jhana, if you could uh, uh, want to enter uh, to the first jhana, there is a kind of the wholesome mind. A wholesome mind needed to develop the wholesome mind, but what's that wholesome mind? Is from here or from where? <laughs> okay. Okay, so two questions. One yeah. is what different is, kind uh, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one is, uh, one is wholesome the wholesome mind. mind yeah, the how to develop, okay. yeah. Okay. Big question. Okay. Three, yeah. All right. So what I believe about these different kinds of concentration First of all, what does, what does concentration mean before we talk about different kinds of it? And concentration means, first of all, that your attention is stable, not constantly moving from one thing to another. So if you have concentration, your attention stays focused on whatever you choose, rather than bouncing around. The second thing about concentration is that, you know, sometimes we're aware of everything at once, but nothing in particular. And sometimes we are focused on something in particular, just one thing and we leave everything out. And if you, if you don't have concentration, you don't have control over that. You'd like to be concentrated on one thing, but you can't help but be aware of everything else. And of course that makes your attention move too. So to develop concentration means to get to the place where if I need to pay attention to one thing, I can focus on it and I'm not distracted by everything else, I'm just the one thing. Or if I want to pay attention to something larger, I can pay attention to it, but not be distracted by anything else. So I have, you know, like my eyes are focused on whatever I choose, and they take in either more or less of everything else according to what I choose. So this concentration then allows me to carry out investigation. 
and to gain insight. So this is what concentration is. Before I talk about different kinds of concentration. Okay. Okay. Now, if you have concentration, if you have good concentration and it's strong, then there are different things you can do. You could become very single-pointed, focused on one thing, and that can allow you to enter jhana. Okay? If your concentration is good, there's another thing that you could do. You could concentrate on each thing that comes up in your mind, and you can watch it. It comes up, and it goes away. And then something else, something else comes up, and it goes away. And, and for each thing that you're observing, you're totally concentrated, even though it only lasts for a short period of time. And you move to something else, and you're totally concentrated on that until it's gone. And then you're totally concentrated on something else until that's gone. So the first kind was single-pointed. The second kind is momentary concentration. There is a third kind uh, of concentration where you can... Actually, there's some other ways of doing both of these things. But there's a third major kind of concentration where you've trained your mind to be perfectly still. Now you make your mind open and spacious so you're aware of anything and everything, but your mind does not move. This comes up, your mind doesn't move. And that comes up, and your mind doesn't move. Your mind is totally still, and you let thoughts, feelings, sensations just arise and pass away without the mind moving. So these are three things that you, three different kinds of concentration that you can have. So the only way we can get the kind of concentration that's necessary to do all three of these is to learn to keep the mind focused on one thing until the mind quiets down and the attention stops moving. And that requires that a person practice. And in the beginning, only in the beginning, but in the beginning, this seems difficult because the mind wants to move. It's used to moving. So what happens is somebody comes along and they read about momentary concentration and they say, oh, mind goes to one thing, and it sounds much easier. I like that. I'll be momentary concentration. Learning to have my mind fixed on one thing sounds like too much work. Momentary concentration sounds a lot easier. But it's impossible. You cannot be completely focused on this, and then the next thing, and the next thing, in your ordinary mind. Because you'll try to do that, and your mind just goes off by itself. And you don't, you, you're not able to be completely focused on one thing. Your mind is just jumping around. Now, what will happen if you try hard enough, long enough, to have momentary concentration, you will eventually get it, if you're lucky, if you live long enough. And when you do, you'll also have, you'll be able to stay on one thing as long as you want. Because you can't have momentary concentration until you have concentration. And when you have concentration, it can be momentary, or it can be single-pointed, or it can be spacious and open. So you have to have concentration before you have the different kinds of concentration. But people don't understand that. They say, oh, momentary sounds easy. But the thing is, momentary concentration 
it's not a good way to describe it because it's not the concentration that's momentary because the concentration is always it's the object that's momentary the object arises and passes away but the concentration is always the same the other kind of concentration the open spacious awareness Mm -hmm. where the mind is still but you let everything come in some people same thing they'll hear about that and they'll say Oh, sounds much easier. I like that better. Okay, I, I'll just sit here and let my mind go where it wants. Okay. Body, sounds, uh-huh. thoughts, where, okay. you know. And the same thing, it sounds easy, but it's no different than, it's. there's no concentration in that. Mm-hmm. Because um, you, need to, you need to develop the concentration first before you can have open awareness. What's valuable if you develop the concentration, then you can practice open awareness. And what happens, you're watching the mind. And so you come to understand the mind. You see when the mind moves, and you see when the mind is still. And you see when some, some thought or some sensation or some perception arises in the mind. And it passes away in the mind because you're open and you're just but your your mind is still. You know, uh, if I want to see everything that's happening here, if I look in one place and keep my eye there, anything, I saw her hands move, I see her nod, keep my eye in one place, I can see everything. Because my eye stays still. But if when she moves her hand, I go over here, I won't see her nod her head. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, open awareness requires stillness of mind. Mm -hmm. Mind cannot be moving when you have open awareness. That's why you need to develop concentration first. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you asked this question because people misunderstand and because they think, oh, I don't want to do all that work to develop single-pointed concentration. They think, momentary sounds easy. Open awareness sounds easy. But it goes nowhere. So that we, you know, think um, that, that in the beginning you needed to know the object and to know yeah. concentrate first. Yeah. Well, we very appreciated today. It's kind of a fulfillment. It's really <laughs> joyful. Well, this I, is a wonderful thing in the world. It's a wonderful. I, I really enjoy this conversation, this yeah. discussion. Yeah. And it's so good because you ask such good questions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's good. So we will continue to study and work hard, and next time we'll probably have a new question come up. The knowledge is the finger that points the direction, but yeah. the experience is when you go in that direction.